Life is an adventure, and now we're taking you along for the ride. We're the Blinks family, and you've probably seen our travels on Instagram or TikTok. After traveling to over 30 different countries with our three kids, we've learned a thing or two about how to see the world without losing our sanity. Welcome to Unpacked with the Blinks, a podcast where we'll unpack what you didn't see on social by sharing an in-depth look at what it's really like to travel as a family. From finances to flight hacking, sightseeing to sleep habits, and everything in between. We haven't been everywhere, but it's on our list. Welcome back to part two of our drama-filled trip through Southeast Asia. There was so much to unpack about this three-month adventure that we couldn't do it in one podcast episode. So we're here for part two. Part two, the drama to get to Vietnam. If you have not listened to part one, I definitely suggest go back and hearing the front end of the story. There's so many juicy details in there and things we did not share on social media. So if you want to hear about the good and the bad about the first half of our trip, definitely stop right now and go back and listen to part one. But where we left off last time was talking about the Vietnam fiasco because we shared this on social media and kind of shared the story. But there were some parts we did leave out just because it was there were so many moving pieces when this all went down. But Let's go back and unpack this entire portion of the trip because this was a very, very stressful time for us. That's right. So when we decided we were going to go to Vietnam, because that was up in the air, right? We, there was a few other places we were considering. Um, after doing some research, we really, uh, really wanted to see some parts of Vietnam. So uh, we researched, listened to some TikToks, got some really good insight from others, and we decided that we were going to go into Da Nang, Vietnam. But what we were going to do was we were going to um, to get our visa uh, ahead of time, right? Because everyone told us to give give it a couple weeks, right? Maybe yeah. maybe even three, I think, to be honest with you. Yeah, because we had heard a lot of horror stories, right? Of people getting stranded because of the visas were done incorrectly or they didn't come in time. So we were just like thinking we were all good because we're doing it with plenty of time. We're going to have our visas in hand. And we did. We got our visas well before our flights. So right. we just were on cloud nine. We were like, we can do no wrong. We have researched as much as we can research and we're ready to go. We have our boarding passes. Let's show up to the airport and let's go. We went through security. That was fine. Immigration, all of that. Yep. It wasn't until we got to the gate, we basically. Got to the gate. Yeah. yeah, we got to the gate. We had even gone to the, the lounge, which was, yeah. a, which was an interesting lounge. I think that was a little different style than we had had seen uh, yeah. in other places, but it was a nice lounge. It was nice. It was more like a, like a multi-level sports bar, right? Yeah, if I remember was. correctly. It did have a very much a sports bar vibe, which I guess other lounges do as well. It depends, but it's just kind of funny to look back and see how relaxed we were Yeah, because we were so calm and we were just, I think we even had a beer. We were like, oh, you know, just waiting for our flight. Kids just watching their tablets and not a worry in the world. We could not have anticipated what was going to be waiting for us when we got to the gate. Because when we got to the gate, there was an agent scoping us out. Yeah, they wanted to know. I think they were sort of looking for anyone that was, yeah. you know, boarding and, and hadn't checked in yet or whatever. So they came up to us and, and we presented them with all the documentation. We were just like anything else, ready for ready for the check and, and let's let's move on. Um, but he immediately said, uh, hold on a second, I, I need to I need to check something for you. And we're like, what's going on? So he says, we don't have the children's visas here. Yeah. And we said, no, yeah, yeah, we understand. We have their passports, but 
they don't need a visa. Uh, we we filled both of them out. We put them under under our ourselves. I think yeah. maybe two on one and one on the other. Yeah. So yeah, see they're right here. Uh, the visas are, are stated, and he's just looking at us. He's just looking at us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like almost this confused look. Like, are you guys really that dumb? That's the kind that's of what vibe. You, that's what you felt. That is what I felt. Oh, I felt it. I felt it hard. And so we're just like, at this point, it's still not hitting us that we did something incorrectly. And so we're looking at him like, what's the problem? What, like, what's going on? We've done everything. You have the visas, you have our passports, you have our boarding pass. What else do you want? And so at that moment, he tells us that these were not filled out correctly. And <laughs> it's funny to think back because we were still so confident at this point that we were arguing with him, the man who works at the airport. We were like, no, 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 these are right. We followed the directions. We did it correctly. Like, well, I, the, I wouldn't go as far as say we thought he was wrong. Yeah. We just felt it was maybe like a communication. Like he did, did speak really good English, but we thought maybe there was like something missing in the communication. And so like, I remember just having to explain it this same thing over and over and over. And I'm like, see where it says input your children. And I guess he's trying to explain it to me, but it's just not computing what was like going on. And it wasn't until like he made me pull out my passport and he was like, see, your kids are not under your passport. And I was like, what is so, he talking about? Yeah. And that's where, that's where the, the real confusion was. It wasn't necessarily that they needed their own visa. It was that they needed their own passport under ours. Yeah. Yeah. Well, which, which we don't do in the U.S. So, that's right. so there, there, we may have done that in the past, but we, there's no option for us to, to put our children on our passport. Right. That I've ever heard of. Right. So that's what they were looking for. Right. They were looking for our children under one of our passports. And that's what they couldn't match up to the visa. That was right. the real miscommunication. Right. Because in Vietnam, you can put your children under a certain age. I'm not sure of the requirements on your passport. So, that's the issue. To be able to put them under your visa, they also have to be under your passport. And not one article we read, not one site we sourced, not one video we watched ever talked about this. And there is fine print. Yeah. As usual, right? So we went back to the application. Yes. This, I think this is the point we were like, let's just look and read the application. While again. this guy was here. Because yeah. we were still kind of really confident that we had done this all correctly. Right. And we were, and we were even like, hey, call um, the consulate in Vietnam <laughs> yes. and, and run this by them, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. and and what it boiled down to. So let me, so the, yeah. the fine print itself read very similar to what we thought, right? Yeah. Was put, you know, put your children, list your children here underneath it. But what, what it meant in, in translation, basically what it meant was, was exactly what he was trying to tell us, yeah. which is, which was put them under your, if they're on your passport, basically, then you list them under you. Otherwise, everybody needs to have their own separate things. So whatever the case, there was there was a disconnect and we weren't we weren't going forward because <laughs> he made the final determination was I am not and our airline is not going to put ourselves out there because if we send you and you get denied coming back, like we're on the hook. Yeah. So they're not doing that. So you have a couple of options here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, also, I think when we're talking about the application, like to go back to the application, we had a couple of things like not really working for us, right? So we're navigating a pretty difficult site. Like I remember the first time we looked at this site, we're like, is this a scam? Because it did not look like a government issued website. 
one. And then that website is then translated into English. Yeah. And they have rules that don't really coincide, which a lot, you know, a lot of countries do with our own rules here in the US. But at the same time, something we were not familiar with at all, which is having kids on your passport. So we had the translation, you know, kind of working against us. And we had this new a rule new to us, which we weren't familiar with. And so now if you were if we were to go back and look at the application, we would say, okay, it makes sense. We can see where it's you can interpret this that you need to put your kids here if they're on your passport. But when you're reading it for the first time and you're factoring in the translation, the, the fact that it's not really user-friendly site, that this isn't something we're familiar with, it was an honest mistake. It yeah. was an honest yeah, mistake. Well, honest mistake on our end. Yeah. Um, when it boils down to it, what they really needed was everyone to pay, which I don't think we were doing it that way because of the the way they joined us. Uh, you know, and, and so my thought was, let's just let's just pay let's just pay pay for them and and move along and and get on our flight get on our flight which is in 15 minutes yeah um but that wasn't happening that no. that guy was starting to get a little upset with us yes i think because we were sort of standing our ground saw that as a you know as a negative and we were then escorted yes um by one of his staff all the way back down to immigration yeah. where we that's when like it kind of got real for us yeah. because the fear really set in at this point. We were, we were scared. I was freaking out. Yeah. I, and I'm trying to hold it together because the kids are all there. They have no idea what's going on. And I'm like, everything's okay. We're just going with this man because he told us our two options before yeah. we walked down there. Yeah. And he's like, this is out of my control. You have one of two things are going to happen. You're going to go down and they're going to extend your visa to stay in Thailand. Because at that point, once we had gone, this is the one thing we didn't realize also and just worked against us in the situation is that once we had went through immigration, our visa at that point was null and void. So we had done a visa on arrival when we had like gotten to Thailand. Well, that visa was done because we left Thailand technically, even yeah. though we never got on the flight. So you're either granted an extension, an extension or asked to leave sometimes the country. Yes. Like right away. And um, we were like, what does that mean? And he's like, no, like get on a flight somewhere else. We don't care where you go. Just somewhere else. Yeah, he, he wasn't he wasn't the nicest guy, but he I also he right. I mean, he was at the beginning. He was trying his best. And yeah. then I think just the longer it went, the more he was frustrated. But and we were frustrated, too. Let's yeah. like obviously paint this like full picture. We were frustrated. You at one point couldn't even talk to the guy because you were so upset. But you told me to stop. You're like, just. <laughs> Stop talking. Let me handle it. Let me handle it. And then like I'm moving far away from where you're sitting because I could just see, you know, like the cartoons where like fire comes out of your ears. I could just see that happening, especially with the language barrier and the disconnect. And like, anyways, yeah. you know, we're just we're also looking at like hundreds and hundreds of dollars just slip through our fingers because the plane is leaving at this point. Yeah. And and the the fact that we weren't going to catch the yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there was we weren't going to catch that flight. We weren't going to catch any other flight that day. And, you know, we had yeah. reservations and yeah. excursions, all those things that so, we were losing out on. So we're down in immigration. Yeah. And they're not messing around. You know, they've, they've got their guns on their hips and, you know, they're, they're kind of taking us in. They open this giant red book. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, you have to sign here and put all of your documentation information in this uh, book of boo-boos. Or whatever it was. Yeah. And all five of us too. And they're it wasn't all, just like the no, parents. No, all no, no, five no. Of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they made the kids sign and all this stuff. And we're they're like standing over us. And I'm like, 
We might be going to immigration jail <laughs> for for a little while. We can laugh. I can laugh about it now. Yeah, but you were you were. I, I could see. Not. I could see you were pretty. I was. Yeah. I was. I was thinking. I was just looking at you like with those eyes. Like yeah. Don't say one thing out of line. Don't do anything. Don't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they sat us down. Yeah. And I could see another couple, a yeah. young couple, in there. What I thought was getting handcuffed and taking being leaving the airport, yeah. and I'm like. They're not, they're not really messing around here today. Anyway, so we're sitting there sweating, yeah. um, hoping for the best. And thank goodness, uh, the woman, yeah. uh, immigration uh, police, she was very nice. She was talking to the girls and she was asking them, are you okay? Um, what's going on? And she seemed like a little confused as to why we were there, but that seemed to be in our favor. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, she gave us a good vibe. We waited for quite some time. And then finally she walked up to us and said, okay, you guys can go. And we didn't know where that meant, where we were going, but yeah. we were going somewhere. Well, I remember, too, that um, she looked at me at one point and she was kind of like, what happened? And I like just was like, I'm just going to, you know what? The best thing to do is just fall on the sword. Like, obviously, the like trying to convince the other guy that we were right when we were not right was not the like technique. So I was like, we totally messed up. We didn't read the site right. It's so our fault. And I was just kind of like playing like we were dumb. <laughs> which I felt pretty dumb in that moment. Yeah. Uh, and I think that maybe she saw the kids and stuff and felt bad for us and extended. She didn't really give us that much trouble. A after yeah. we got to that point, we met her. She really didn't give us that much trouble, but we were still like the stress level was still a hundred percent at this point, because even though she let us go, we were like, okay, where do we go? And we knew we had seven days only. So the very first thing that I turned to you and said, let's find somewhere to sit down you are going to fill out the visa applications for these girls because that's it. We had ours. Yeah. We just didn't have theirs. And we knew that we could not get on any flight if we didn't have these, these in hand. And we knew they took a while. That's why we had done them two weeks in advance, but we didn't have two weeks. We had seven days. Seven days to, yeah, to leave. To leave. To yeah. leave. So they extended the visa for seven days. They walked us out of immigration. Uh, we sat in front of the airline. We were hoping to go on the same airline because they also honored the seven day extension and said that they would give us credit. They would give us a credit. We had to pay. Trans I want to say it was like a rebooking fee. It was a ridiculous amount. Uh, honestly, we pretty much just repaid for the flights because I want to say it was like $200 it in rebooking fees. And our flights, I think were $250. Our, our flights were so pretty cheap, but we took it. We said, we let's, it. let's just, you know, at this point, we're not like, we're not arguing anymore. So we're just taking whatever we can get and just scrambling yeah. to figure out where we were going to sleep yeah. that night. Yeah. That was so, scary. So we split up on two tasks. Um, we all sat together, but I was feverishly looking for to try to fill out these these forms as fast as I could so that yeah. they could get in the queue and we could hopefully get this turned in a week. And you were on the phone trying to get a hold of someone that could take us in yeah. and somewhere we could afford for an additional week um, yes. in Bangkok because it, it can be spendy can in be. Bangkok. Yeah, in, depending in where you areas. are. Yeah. yeah. And remember from part one of this story, we blew our entire like budget on that first part of the trip. Yeah. So we had no true, I guess what you would call emergency fund, like at this point. And we really were counting on Vietnam on this part of the trip to help us kind of recoup a little bit because Vietnam is so inexpensive. 
And so we were looking at like nice hotels and things for half of what we were paying in Bangkok. So I pretty much just went and scoured all of the alliances and saw, okay, where, where do we have points? And we had some Hilton points. Thank you, Hilton. A lot, actually. We I, did. I hadn't touched them in a while. That was another rainy day. Rainy fund, day, fund. yes. If, if we get in a jam and we can, we are somewhere we can use Hilton. So, so we did have a little bit of a... Oh, we a, love Hilton. We ended up calling and speaking to a representative. She was so sweet and so patient. And I explained to her what had... Like, I didn't tell her the whole story, but I told her what happened. And she was like you poor thing, let me help you. And so she got us at the double tree, which was like in this great location. Mm -hmm. And she was able to get us like two rooms because the rooms were like fairly smaller there. And it was just the perfect, like it just kind of all the little pieces fell into place in regards to finding a place to stay. And it was not too far from the airport. So it was easy for us to get there. Yeah. It was out. amazing. It worked out. Yeah. The little neighborhood was, was so convenient. Yeah. And it was it was awesome. We loved it. It had yeah. everything. It had all the all the hustle and bustle of um of Bangkok. You know, it had we were close to like at least two big malls yeah. that we could walk to, jump on the um the train. We actually really liked Bangkok almost even more on the second round because we we weren't like in any hurry to to go see any certain sites. Yeah. We were just kind of like let's just hang out, be in the neighborhood, and save some money. Yeah. So you know, we ate. Uh, a little bit more local food. We did all the malls, which was very fun. Yeah. And um, I think we talked about that a little bit in the last one, so we won't go too deep into that, but really, really enjoyed the stay there. Um, and we were thankful to Hilton because we got, we had the free breakfasts and all that kind of stuff. Oh, but, yeah. And we got to catch up on work. Like the silver lining of this, yes, we got to see more of Bangkok that we didn't, we probably wouldn't have seen. And we got to catch up on work. We got to rest. It yeah. was a very low pressure week because we were just checking our email every five minutes, trying to see if these visas came in. And so we did a lot of like swimming in the pool and sleeping in and watching movies. And in part one, we talked a lot about in other episodes of the podcast. We've talked a lot about how we really try to balance rest time with yeah. like sightseeing, busy, moving, going. And even though we are traveling on this trip for three months, we want to make sure that we're giving the girls a little piece of comfort and home and normalcy and the routine. Yep. And so this week we were able to do that. For we them. were. So fast forward one week. Yes. And the day, our seven day, seventh day, we start getting the emails. We get uh, Hazel and she's got her visa. We get Edith and she's got her visa. And we're waiting for Lucille's and we're like, it's going to come at some point in time, you know, at the end of the day. And I remember I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and, and um, go ahead and start getting our flights and things. Yeah. So I, I jumped on a train to the airport, went to back to the counter. I'm like, hey, got my seven day notice. We need to book these flights today. She didn't ask anything of me as far as the visas go. Yeah. She, she just said, as long as you have your visas, good to go. Right. So I'm like, you know, we've got four of the five. The other one will trickle in tonight, but I want to go ahead and get the tickets. So we did. So yeah. I booked all five of us on our flights to Vietnam for the next morning. Yeah. Very early, actually. I think it was an, another early flight. So that was it. Came back. We we celebrated a little bit um, at the place. We um, were like, oh, man, I'm going to miss I'm going to miss this place. You know, we, we saw it all off and um, we sort of waited for that next one to come and uh, didn't come. No, didn't, didn't come. come. Not even the next morning. No. Nope. And so I'm losing my mind. Like I'm I'm just I'm not a pleasant person to be around at this point because I am so on edge thinking we're about to put ourselves in the same situation 
that we just went through. And so we show up to the airport. We talk to the airport staff. We explain the situation and they turn to us and they're like, you know what? It'll be fine. It's going to be okay. You'll be good to go. Now you will have to wait and see what immigration says when you show up. And so come to find out, we did find out that the issue was there was an error on the birth date. There was something that didn't match up with the passport and the birth date. We typed it too quickly or whatever it might be. And that was that. Again, honest mistake, right? And that's why the other two came and hers didn't come. And so we get to the airport and like she said, they said, okay, it's going to be fine. But still, I'm not at peace. You weren't either. You know, we're just like on edge thinking, okay, we're not like, they say it's okay, but it's not okay until we pass through those gates of, of customs when we get to Vietnam. Yep. I remember this so vividly, even though it was almost like six months ago now. I went first. I had the two little ones behind me and then was Lucille. And the immigration officer looks at Lucille's visa, looks at the passport, looks at the visa, looks at the, pa- or the not in visa, all the rest of our visas. And he's like over there and he points to this like, long table yep like office i guess situation and so you gestured to me like just go ahead through and just wait for us on the other side and i'm thinking no i do not want to do that i don't want to be on one side and you and lucille on the other there is no way that i'm going to do that but at that point also the agent was kind of like telling me to go and so i didn't want to argue with him so we went and waited while you and lucille went over to that counter yep And and it was a weekend um, I remember remember that because a lot of things were closed, right? Yeah. Including the liaisons uh, that, you know, can help you with uh, with certain visas. So Lucille and I um, stepped over to the to the side. We saw another agent who basically asked what was going on and um, explained everything to him. Um, we did have a flight out of Vietnam that day because right. of our because of our previous flight. So because of the week we set us back, we were we were only going to stay. A week in Vietnam. Well, not a week no, I'm in sorry. Vietnam. Oh, like a week in that part and, of Vietnam. Sorry, in that part of Vietnam. So, so we were going to go to another city, which we ended up canceling. But because we got extended that week, yep. we then the flight, yeah. that ended up coincidentally was that day. Was that day. So that, that kind of helped us a bit because he's like, well, you have a flight in, a, in like an hour. And I'm like, yeah, we're not going to make that because we we're here. We're trying to deal with this and it's not going to happen. So. We, we weren't planning on going on that anyhow, because again, our plans are, had all been shuffled, but we, we still had that flight out if, if we needed it, whatever the case. So he said, okay, I understand what we need to do is to reconcile her visa because they, he did see that it was, it was applied for and that we had sent in, you know, we fixed her, her birthday. Yeah. We had done that much. So he was trying to, to, to make it work. Um, it took like a while though. So let's say like first hour he came back and he's like, there's nothing we can do. We, we, we don't have that process. We have to wait till that staff comes in on Monday. We can't do that. Then another bit of time goes by and and I say, you know, what, is there any other alternative? And he said, well, typically we can send you to a, a liaison, which is like a, um, an agent, uh, not an agent, but like a travel agent, right? Yeah. A local travel agent that can give you like a, a same day on arrival application, it costs a bit more, um, but they can do that for you. But unfortunately, they, they're closed today. I said, okay, well, is there any chance of trying to, to see if they're willing to help? And, and he did. So he was able to get a hold of one. They came into the airport. I don't know how far all the office was, but came into the airport, dealt with us. They probably charged us a little bit more 
but it was, it was, you know, for us, it was okay. So we paid the fee. Um, we got her temporary on arrival visa, which they stamped right on her passport and we moved on and that was it. So hallelujah. We're on the other side. We're Mm -hmm. all hugging and, and excited. We've made it to Vietnam and we didn't have a place to stay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. This like the drama did not end with this story. So yeah, three hours. I would say you guys were probably there for three hours. Um, and what, maybe like $200 later, it wasn't like, it was like two fifty. but compared to the $20 for a normal visa or whatever it was, yeah, something, I think something. we paid $20 yeah. or $30 it was, it for was the a, visa. A bit more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a tiny bit more. Yeah. Same um, as our flights. Yeah. And so to kind of like recap from the beginning to, we came into the situation thinking, Hey, We're going to go to Vietnam because Vietnam is going to help us recoup some of these funds since we completely destroyed our budget in the first day of our trip. And instead, this ended up being one of the more most expensive travel days that we've ever had. Well, if you factor in the first day in Southeast Asia, in Southeast Asia. Yeah, it was a lot. When you factor in the having to rebook the flights and the cost with that, the missing of the flights that we didn't get anything for like we couldn't get anything for that second set of flights that we had booked that that ended up being on the same day the extra visa applications because they didn't factor in the fact that we had already paid Mm -hmm. the 30 dollars when they charged you the 250 yeah but either way and just now on top of all of that we were kind of holding hope that we would be able to stay at the original place that we had booked because we were in communication with them and we were saying like, we're so sorry. We're, we don't know when we're going to come. We don't know when, like, it's okay. We're going to hold a room for you. We're going to hold a room for you. So we were under the impression they were going to have a room available for us. And we showed up and they were like, nope, sorry, no room. We were like, oh no. So now we really don't have many choices. We had to just find something and it wasn't the cheapest option. That's for sure. But it was an incredible option. Oh man. I'm so glad I twisted your arm because you when you got through, first of all, the stress of the day and then that three-hour debacle, I'm showing you my phone and I'm like, look at this amazing place I found, this resort. And they even have a shuttle to come pick us up and bring us there. And you're like, no, 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 that's too expensive. Which to, to like catch you up on what we would consider too expensive, like that's $110. That was- Yeah, compared yeah. to what we have been tra- yeah. Yeah, trying to do. And, and compared to what, we've, what we paid for the rest of the trip in Vietnam was insane. Yeah. So yeah, so we chose, um, chose Hoi Anna. Yeah. And I was like, come on, please, please. We've been through so much. Yeah. And you're like, "Mm, okay, but just a couple nights, which is funny because we extended it once we got there and we loved it so much. Yeah. Very cool place. Yeah. Um, Won't go into a ton of detail, but it's, they had like some crazy amount of acreage they had purchased over on the, on the coast. So just outside of, of Hoi An city over a bridge and to the coast, this Hoi Anna had Two, um, two hotels, two resorts. They had, uh, apartments for like, like regular residences. residences. Yeah. yeah. They had like 18 hole golf course. They, they had, they were starting plans for another one. They had all sorts of construction going on for like new things coming and yeah. all that stuff. A but casino, anyway, a full it was casino. Like, yeah. Full casino. It was very like Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. Like, but it was high end. It felt very, very high yeah. end. Like but on a, but on a beach, on a beautiful beach. But on a beach, on a really, oh my gosh, those sunsets. I yeah. still think about those sunsets. Yep. I don't think anywhere in the world has more beautiful sunsets. It's pretty. I still like look at those pictures and yeah. I think, wow, like that whole sky turned orange. Like 
everything around you turned orange and pink mm. as soon. And it was early too. I feel like it was like yeah, 445. And then all of a sudden everything's pink and orange. Yeah. It was so, so beautiful. It was very pretty. And yeah, and it was a perfect, again, perfect timing. We were a little bit worn out from, uh, you know, from all the things that had been going on. And that couldn't have been an easier place. Oh. I mean, the food was amazing. Uh, the staff was great. More, made more friends, more yeah. staff friends. We did make uh, a lot of friends. Yeah, shout out to Mark Huang and uh, Stephen, the uh, the lifeguard. Those guys were all fun <laughs> to hang out with. Um, yeah, we 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 settled in. We had a great time. We went to we found we found some inexpensive um, ways to to dine. Yeah, uh, we found out that they had a happy hour at the pool. Um, oh, we were and, at that happy hour. Yeah, every they had like half day. half price appetizers and and inexpensive drinks, and they had like paddle boards in the um, in the pool, stand up paddle boards mm-hmm. in the pool. We we hung out of the pool a lot. Yeah, the kids club. It. Kids club oh, was amazing. Yeah, that kids club was one of the best we've been to. That was first of all, like the whole vibe was very like in touch with nature. Mm-hmm. And they had this big ball pit. It had pottery classes and a weaving loom in there. So many different activities. Yeah, they they made a lot of pottery. Yeah, they were they were loving it. They loved it. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was had a just bubble bubble party, like foam, foam party. party. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were. They wanted to be at the kids club this all the time. This was the best family friendly resort that we found in Southeast Asia. Yeah, for like, sure. We didn't stay at a lot of resorts on this trip, but this like exceeded all of my expectations. The other thing that I really liked, yes, they have the shuttle from the airport. They mm-hmm. take you for free, and it was beautiful. It's like this beautiful, luxurious bus. And then they also have shuttles to Huayan, the old city. That's right. So you could stay at this resort and then do, you know, more of like the tourist, like cultural element by taking day trips yeah. into Hoiyan. Now, yeah. we opted to actually stay in Hoiyan a couple nights. We we love to do that. We love to stay in the cultural part. More than a couple nights. We, we stayed yeah. there for a, almost a week. Yeah, we stayed for quite a bit because yeah. we we love the cultural. Like we love to be and we wanted to stay at like a little like homestay. So we got to know those owners as well and then got to like get familiar with the old town. Mm. And, you know, we felt that we were the resort is beautiful. You're not really versed in Vietnamese culture versus when you stay in old town, you you really are. Yeah. And so that was a really beautiful part of the trip. We ate so well. Yeah, that was that was when we that was when we started feeling the 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 comforts of what we had heard about Vietnam, which was, you know, I think we we got we went to the. um Oh gosh, help me with this one. Okay, what are you talking about? Food or? sandwich? Yeah, the first place we oh, got in. Yes, um, Anthony Bourdain. Thank you. Yes. I drew a blank for a second. <laughs> Anthony Bourdain. I didn't even know where you were going. Are uh, you talking about food or what? And so Anthony Bourdain, we went to his Bon Me place, and you would think that because it has like such a big name, which they're advertising Anthony Bourdain, like it's his face is on the little bags your sand- sandwich comes in. Um, you would think that. Because it's like Anthony Bourdain to be expensive, but they were like when we equated it was like a dollar fifty. Yeah. For these like sandwiches that was like so delicious, filled with like meat and veggies and oh but, but that was our first that was our first food. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. We oh, loved yeah. it. Yeah, and the and the Thai tea, not Thai tea, the Vietnamese coffee. Oh yeah, the um, coconut coffee. Very good. Oh, yeah. I love that. And we went to a noodle spot that was like right on the water. That place we really loved. Yeah. And even the kids were just like everything we ate, they were like Oh, more. Can you order more? Like we had appetizers and even then like appetizers and drinks and dessert and all of that. We're talking eating as a family for less than $20. Yeah, it was pretty nice. It was pretty nice. Yep. And we did the, um, we did the lantern, the lantern experience. We got in a little boat and we made our lanterns. We and kind we, of did that twice. Yeah, we? we sort of did. 
Yeah, because we did it the first night that we got in when you go to like the the center of Old Town, mm-hmm. and like it's yeah, kind of chaotic. Because remember there was like all these people trying to sell you the boat. But tours. the little girl, remember the yeah, little, girl? little girl? She she couldn't have been more than eight, yeah. and she had this nice little sales pitch, and we were like, "We're in. Let's all right, go. we'll take your boat." Yeah, yeah. and um, that was a fun experience. It really it's not fun. like a a really long like drawn out process. You kind of just get in the water. Let, let your lanterns go. Um, the celebratory. Yeah. Sunset. Come on, come on come back. back. Yeah. Yeah. But we also did it again when we did the coconut boat. The coconut boats. I could, I couldn't remember the name of that boat. The coconut boat, the round boats. That's right. And that was really fun. That was a last minute decision. Like yeah. we were like, you know what we didn't do? These coconut boats. And then yeah. we like, we saw. We oh, actually met, we actually met, yes. met her. We met the lady at the beach. She at, gave us her car. At the beach. Yes. Earlier that day. And um, we're like, you know what? We might do that. And yeah, um, yeah we and we we went back I, to the. I the pinged homestay. her on on WhatsApp. Yeah. And like later that night, and yeah. she, and I'm like, can you fit us in? And she's like, absolutely. Meet us at the docks. It was, it was like, like the, the docks. last the last ride of the day. Like she's like, we don't go any later than this because it goes yeah. against her. So this is the last off last time, and we were hustling. We're like taxi. Okay, get us yeah. there. And we got there, and it was so fun. And we had the whole boat to ourselves. That's right. We had a little like pontoon boat. And they had drinks for us, and she was so sweet. Takes us to this couple, and they put us in their coconut boats, and they take us out, and they made us like like crowns and things from palm leaves and caught, catching caught crabs. crabs. Yes. Yeah, it was crazy. And so made the little hats. And the thing is, there was no one else around. It was just it was us. That's what was cool about that. Yeah, yes, it was a little low tide. It was, which was a thing, but it was right at dusk, and it was beautiful. And was, the girls had a great time. They got all the you know the, the little like I said like the hats and the bracelets and all that made from. Yeah, it was really neat. It was so really fun. Neat. And that was like our last night in Hoi An, which was like the perfect way to like send off that trip before we headed over to Da Nang, which is a totally different vibe in regards to Vietnam. Like right. I was shocked. Yeah. It was not what I expected like at California all. California or something. Yeah. You know, like one of those little beach towns. And it was so cute. Though. It was really cute. I could really see myself living there. Mm-hmm. Like it is just had such a good food scene the beaches were so pretty there was so many like cool outdoor spaces for you to like hang out just one it was just one big boardwalk yeah and the boardwalk had like i said a very very california because you know there's people on skateboards and roller skates and then you have like right along the sidewalk between the the sidewalk the sand and the and the ocean you have all of these vendors you know like just really good little places to eat um breweries you name it like, a lot of international cuisine, which was so nice because it had been a long time since we had some quote unquote American food and the girls were just so happy. Remember we found that Bikini SpongeBob. Bottom. Bikini <laughs> yes. bottom, like SpongeBob. <laughs> it was a SpongeBob Theme. themed burger. It was place. like an undertone. It wasn't like full out, but yeah, there was. No, and those other little like fat characters. I don't know what you call those, those little squishy characters. Anyways, the kids would know what they're called. Yeah. Um, but they, yeah, they had. But it was a good burger. That was. Or real, I was not expecting that. It was a I good was like, burger. okay, this is going to be a Vietnamese interpretation of a burger. No, it was good. And cheese fries, or we had poutine. That's oh, right. That, the guy was from Canada, so we had poutine, which is like fries and gravy and cheese curds, mm-hmm. and uh, it was so good. And milkshakes. We yeah. just indulge. We were like, we indulge quite we, a bit. <laughs> we could get American food. Yeah, we're going to go all out. They we did, they so had excited. some really unique restaurants there. Yeah, they did in Da Nang, like the Bikini Bottom. What about the the people that we met 
and Vietnam. We met at Hoi An. Yeah, yeah, we did. And the family owned a restaurant in Da Nang, which was cool. We very cool. It had it like out. rock climbing wall on the first floor for the kids. It had like, it was a very cool vibe. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. No, I but can't either. There was all these unique restaurants. Yes, and actually, now that I think about it. A lot of these restaurants had kid play a things. A ton of them. Like, especially right there on the main boardwalk by the beach. Yep. There were, like, straight-up playgrounds, playgrounds in the restaurant. Not next yep. to the restaurant. Like, in the restaurant. And some of them had craft stations. Like, it was just a really family-focused area. Yeah. And I just, I loved it. Yep. I'm so glad we added that to our trip. Again, not necessarily for the quote-unquote Vietnamese experience, cultural experience, which is a very cool city. Yeah, very. But I think when we decided to go up to Bana, Bana Hills, Hill. that that's when we got a little bit more of a taste of Vietnam by doing their amusement park, which mm-hmm. is called Sun World, which was so fun. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. That, that approach to the park is like nothing I've ever experienced. It's it's a cable car, which everybody's probably been on before. They have one at Disney World. They have one at lots of ski resorts and things like that. But this was the longest cable that in I've the world, ever. Maybe? I think I read that. I'm pretty sure it was, sure. It was in insane. It took forever, and it just when you thought you were at the top, you'd go over another crest or like another, you know, top of the mountain, and you would see another peak, and it would just go and go and go, and it was so cool. And when you finally get there. It's just built up on the top of this mountain, like like Mount Olympus or something. And it's just, it's really cool. Really oh. cool. That's where the, the famous hand bridge is. That's right. It's, I was so shocked, one, with how beautiful. It was like a European-themed amusement park. So I felt like it was very much like Epcot. Yeah. You know, because you had different sections, like a Germany-themed yep. section, a France-themed section. So you had all these, like, sections right and so and it was just so beautifully done with like a lot of flowers and like really fit the theme and i just i was obsessed i i thought it was so cute i'm so glad we went you know, yeah and it was what, and it was affordable it was affordable no it was 30 which i was like 30 us yeah 30 us which yeah. you know and and after experiencing it i'm like dang that's a really good value compared yeah. to some of the things we've got going around here now you know in orlando they've got right. some pretty pretty, um, you know, unreal parks, but it was, it was affordable and it was just such a cool experience. It was easy, um, to get around. They had that indoor part that was really cool too. Right. Remember like arcadey. Arcade yeah. It was themed. like, and they had like the bumper cars and like all this kind of stuff, but. And not um, really long waits. Like I, I was kind of surprised, you know, that it wasn't the other thing that surprised me was the weather because you had gone so oh high my goodness. up got, that you're there in the middle of summer and it just it, dropped. It's cold. Like 15 had, degrees. Easy. Yeah, it was cold. You had to bring a sweater. Mm-hmm. So and the, and it has its own weather up there. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, if if a storm just, I mean, it, it like attracts storms-ish. Yeah. So um, you kind of got to be careful with that. It did close for rain for a little bit, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, it was really neat. It was really fun. Really and, neat, our, but, and that was the end of our time in Vietnam. It was. We had a quick little like stopover in Ho Chi Minh City. We just stayed the night. We really were tired, so we didn't even venture out i think we even got food delivered yeah it's a busy know? city so it, it it takes a lot of time just to go from one place to another like and, yeah we so, had a little apartment that we had rented yeah. just for, for the night to get on the flight the next day to head to bali to bali finally we're finally getting to my birthday that's it that's what we first started talking about when we started this two-part series but yeah we went to bali it was everything, everything you expected. i expect well no, actually, it wasn't what I expected at all. 
but everything I wanted it to. That's what I mean, yeah. You know, like, it was just, when people say there's something special about Bali, it is so true. And I think it's really difficult to pinpoint what that is, because if you, like, were to talk about the beaches, like, they don't have the best beaches, definitely not even within Southeast Asia, you know, and you would talk about, like, just different individual, like, metrics that you would normally gauge as a good trip. I wouldn't necessarily think say that any one thing really like stood out. I think the food scene it's, is very it's, cool. yeah, it's very foody. It's and it's very and food. it's to me it was geared toward, you know, Western culture. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. I mean it's definitely it's definitely got as elevated its its food game. Oh like, definitely. Like it even even a little more expensive than I anticipated because of that. Yeah. But oh, there yeah, are yeah, some yeah. there are some places like the motel, um, Mexicola. Yeah. That place was ridiculous. And we I didn't know. find that till the end. I know. We raved um, about that place. We love that place so much. But like what I'm saying is that there is this element about Bali. And I think it's the Balinese people ultimately what it is. But there's something so special about this place. Oh, my gosh. And I know I like have a I hate when people say it too. like I can't really explain it, but it is. No, true. they're just they're just selfless people. Yeah. Yeah. in general. Yeah. And I think that that that's what shows through the most when you're there. And I think that, you know, you may go to a resort and feel that like, oh, man, I'm being pampered and yeah. people are waiting on me and all this stuff like that. But you can still feel that undertone of like they're sort of doing it because it's their they job yeah. and because you you tip them and things like that. But the feeling in Bali is whether you give them money or or whatever it is, they're just that way in general to yeah. each other as well. Yeah. The hospitality is unmatched yeah and then just the kindness and love and Mm -hmm. we got to experience that firsthand because we were in a really really rough place in bali so just a quick recap because we spent a whole month there and we do not have time to recap the entire month in every little detail no but just to recap we got there we met my sister and her family we rented this beautiful big airbnb yeah villa villa with a um, villa with its own private pool we had Six rooms, six rooms, and almost yeah, and so beautiful, and it was in the best location. We were in like I wouldn't say Charlie. that Bali's very walkable, but this particular place was really walkable to the beach and different restaurants. And we had an amazing week. We lived it up. We did everything that I wanted to do, which was go to the famous beach clubs. We went to several of them. Yeah, and uh, we got to do some shopping. We ate at amazing restaurants. We got to chill by the pool. I had a floating breakfast. We had a private chef come for, for my dinner. birthday. And we had massages. We had several <laughs> times we had yeah. massages in the villa as well. So it was just everything. It was just so amazing and beautiful and fun. And I feel like everybody had fun. Like yeah. we all had, it wasn't just me. Like we all had such a good time. And then unfortunately, after that first week, my sister had to leave, but we were able to stay with Villa Finder. Actually, we able to stay at another villa, Villa Moana, which yeah. we oh, loved. That, that place yeah, oh. I wish we would have been able to flip because it was much more accommodating for a larger group. Yeah. And uh, and just beautiful. This it was, was so stunning. It's yeah. it's and the location of that one, too. You're mm-hmm. right across from my favorite beach club. Bar- uh, La Brisa. La Brisa. And oh, the, and I love the that Sunday, place. the Sunday market, the little market. We love that market, too. Yes. Oh, it was such a good location. And you're right next to the beach. You're like yeah. a five minute walk to the beach, maybe even less. It was such a good location. And we had such a good time there. We shared a whole post about that on social media. So definitely go and check that out because this place, you should book it when you go to Bali. It's well worth it. And, well worth and the it. staff, the staff, Amazing. you know, um, the staff was great at the other place too. Yeah. Um, but this, this, this was above and beyond. Yeah. Like really they was. just were amazing. Yeah. I loved it. And so on that last night, 
before we were going to leave to go. We had planned to go to Gilly Tea. We decided that we are going to go to our favorite beach club. We're going to go to La Brisa. Last night, we're going to live it up. We're going to watch the sunset because the sunsets in Bali aren't aren't that bad. You know, they're pretty good too. So in La Brisa, it's like right there. And they have all of these like little, like, what do you call them? Beds or couches or beanbaggy yes, things. Day bed. Yep. Yeah. Right there with like the view of the sunset on the water. And we decided to take the kids. Well, we decided to take the kids. We had to take the kids. We went with the kids to go for dinner. We're sitting watching the sunset. And I just noticed like Hazel is not herself. She's just lethargic. Yeah. I wouldn't say she was really acting sick, but she was just really lethargic and just like sleepy and not her bubbly, like happy, easygoing self. And so like we had to actually like physically carry her back mm-hmm. to the place. And so we take her back. I noticed she starts running a fever. Well, we were checking out the next day. So I'm like, okay, baby, just rest a little bit and I'll just like monitor it and see, you know, how it is the next day. So the next day comes and we didn't have to leave until a little bit later, I think. And I was like, Scott, she's not feeling well at all. I don't think we should go to Gilly Tea because to get to this Gilly Tea is another island. You have to take a boat. And he's like, okay, I agree. I was like, we should go back to Ubud because what we didn't tell you is when my sister was here, we did a day trip to Ubud where we did the monkeys. We saw the monkeys. We the did giant swings. The giant swings over the rice terraces. And we did the um, coffee experience there. And so we loved Abood, but we wanted to see more of it and spend more time there. And I was like, you know what? Let's just go to Abood instead. We'll postpone the ghillie tea. We'll go to Abood and then we'll be able to experience more of Abood like we said we wanted to. And we'll let Hazel rest because she's just, I think she, it's just been too much on her. All this go, go, go the past few days. So we get checked out. We get in the taxi. And then I notice Lucille. She's starting to act really lethargic and saying like she's not feeling well. She's getting tired. And I notice myself even. And up until this point, I'm still thinking, we're just really run down. Like we were go, go, go when my sister was here. We're tired. We're fine. Maybe we caught a little cold. No big deal. And we just all started dropping like flies at this point. So because we had made this last minute change, I think that we anticipated that we would have a lot of options when we got to Ubud to find somewhere to stay. We did not. And so we got to Ubud, couldn't find a place to stay. Our like angel of a taxi driver He's like, okay, I'm going to help you find something. He drove us yeah, all he, around he was, to different He places. was looking up suggestions. He was naming places. He was taking us to each one. He spent a good amount of time with us. When we finally found a place, we couldn't get a hold of the people to check in. So he like waited with us while we found yeah, out was, how to get to the really, place. He was really great. And, and, that's, that. and that's another thing. Like that, that's the type of people. Like I said, it's just, I mean, this was a taxi driver that we... He wasn't an all day driver. Like he wasn't anything that we, you know, we, we found him on grab or whatever the case. And he just, he just felt it in his heart to stay with us until we found where we needed to be. And it's just, those stories just happen all the time in Bali, you know? Yeah. So we finally find a place. It was actually a really nice place. It was a, a two bedroom, you know, like little, little villa with a small pool, all that stuff. But when we got in there, we were just done. We were like, just so done. We we, all five, all of us got hit. And we stayed there for a couple of days before we realized that this wasn't getting better. Yeah. I remember that moment when we all fell asleep and we woke up the next morning and we were just all drained of energy. And I remember thinking like, oh no, this is not just needing some rest because we've been go, go, go. Like this is something else. And I remember that first day I was like, 
okay, let's call this Teladoc. We had this like Teladoc thing that we could use. So let's call the Teladoc and let's see if we can figure this out, at least for the kids. Like, I don't want to take a chance that this is something serious, which is funny saying now, and not have looked into this and start them like on medicine or whatever they needed right away. Like, I just don't want to delay and, and lose any time of the trip, which is very funny saying now, considering yeah, exactly. it took three weeks for that we were totally sick. And so we... <laughs> we did the teledoc. We, we, did we, the teledoc. we got some medicine. Well, remember we tried, oh gosh, do you remember how the teledoc was supposed to, in this situation, was supposed to deliver us the medicine? Yeah, they couldn't find the and place. And they couldn't find the place, which we it was a, It was a little the difficult. There was, it was a little difficult, yeah. unfortunately. Um, but yeah, they didn't deliver it. They said we stood out on the street. And we so we slept a second night without, without the medicine. And I remember waking up that next morning, even though I was completely drained, I was like, I'm, I'm going to walk and find a pharmacy to get yeah, this pre- and you prescription did. filled because we cannot go one more day of not having this medicine. Yeah. And I still, I still to this day will like hold steadfast to this idea that the reason the kids didn't get as sick as they did is because they started taking medicine right away and like yeah. started to rehydrate themselves and yeah. all of that. It's probably more along the lines of their immune system, honestly, yeah. and that it just didn't affect their immune system as much as ours. Yeah. But I was so convicted, like, I'm going to get them this. And I remember like you, you were kind of staggering and I was a little worried, like, uh-huh. but you were you were hell bent. I you, came you, back and I slept for 24 hours yeah. straight because I was just so wiped. At the, I used every last energy I had yeah. to get them medicine. I remember I didn't even eat dinner. Yeah. Like I just went to the room and just slept. Yeah. So we, so we booked uh, whatever it was, four days, let's say. And, and that was it. They had no other room for us. And they, right. we, we even tried to extend it and they had it already, already rented out. So we're, we're in the middle of, of all being really sick and we kind of had to really find another bad. place. Yeah. I even fell back on the taxi driver on WhatsApp them and was like, I, I need, still need a place. You can come get us, whatever, but we got to find a place. And um, we looked and scoured and looked and scoured and with not much energy, we found a place um, a little bit more off the beaten path because it's kind of what we had to do, mm-hmm. but we just needed to get somewhere. Yeah. And that's when we did. Because this is probably, you and I were probably at one of our worst at this point. Yeah. I wouldn't say our worst because when we got to Gilead I think things got a little bit worse for us, but this was, we were yeah. bad off. We so. could barely stand. That's how oh, bad things were. I remember. That's why I said you you even getting to the pharmacy was a, was a miracle because it, I was having trouble. You couldn't, you couldn't stand. Yeah. Yeah. So we got, we got picked up. I believe it was the same guy that picked us up and took us to the new place. No, remember? Oh, it was our original guy. So again, bad luck. The day that we had to That's leave right. was a, fell on a holiday. A holiday. So nobody could come. They yeah. were all doing their like things at their church and, you know, like at yeah, their they temples. Have, they have two stuff. holidays a year. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, like it's like a Christmas, but they do it twice a year. Yeah. I'm um, drawing a blank on the name of it. It'll come to us at some point, but um, it was their half year celebration. And yeah, they did absolutely nothing until the ceremonies were over. So we had to wait. We did a kind of an extended checkout situation and we did get somebody to come get us. But when, when they took us, we were like, oh my God, where are we going? Yeah. We were in the hills. We were really far out from where we needed to be, but it didn't matter. We just wanted to get in there and go to sleep again. Yeah, we weren't going to leave and go sightsee. Nope. We weren't doing anything. No. So we did remote check-in. Yeah. Didn't even meet the person. We, we got had a key left for us. Um, we got in and we, we again, just slept. And then we figured out there was a couple of little like shops right across the street that we could get a few things from, but we had to start ordering gab, grab, sorry, you know, right away to start bringing us some things to get better because it wasn't happening. And that's when you said, 
we, we need, need to a see a doctor. Yeah, yeah that's this is going I, on too long. I was like, we've at so some of the symptoms that we were feeling were like high fever, continuous high fever for continuous, you and I. The yeah. kid, the kids broke fever after after twenty four hours, and that yeah. was the best for us. The best feeling was that they weren't in pain or yeah. they were they were okay. For the kids, I would say their symptoms were more cold like like if you and I weren't sick, I would have probably never had them tested for dengue, mm-hmm. and I would have assumed that they just had a bad, really bad cold yeah. Um, because that was their symptoms. And so it was just like congestion and fatigue, but nothing like what you and I experienced. No. And so we, our symptoms were fever, night sweats, chills, headache, body aches. And the body aches were, were pain. It was, yeah, like, it was bone like pain. Right. I've broken bones before and they call this the bone break. They call dengue the, the bone break disease. But I didn't understand what that meant. But they're like my hips, yeah, the hips, sometimes my knees and sometimes just like random bones in between were just we felt they felt so achy that I couldn't. I just wanted to like, well, I don't know what I wanted to there do. There was I, nothing just, to do no. because you're you can't really get out of bed. Like you're so fatigued to get up to go to the kitchen to get a bottle of water is like a feat. Yeah. And so you're just laying there and sleeping and laying there and you know, the kids are sleeping, we're sleeping, we're ordering. Thank goodness that yeah. Bali has a good food delivery infrastructure. Like, because I don't know what we would have done. Like, I, I honestly do yeah, not know. We'd have figured it out, but it was getting to that point where, yeah, we were, we were in those, those desperate times where we were like, if this gets any worse, we're not gonna be able to take care of the kids. Yeah. You like know, we were getting by, we're ordering the food where, you know, they had their tablets. They're also not feeling well. So it's not like they're kind of jumping around mm-hmm. and they're old enough now that they're like, you know, they understood and they were happy to be on their tablets. Honestly, they're yeah. like, oh yeah, we get to watch Netflix all day. And then, uh, so that's basically what it looked like for us. And then after five nights of being in complete chills with night sweats and like when I say night sweats, this might be TMI, but we're talking completely drenched. Oh yeah, we completely would we, we changed the sheets several times, and, and the, nobody knows this place, so whatever. But the the place wasn't the best we've ever stayed in. No, it was a, a rash decision to to find. It was all and we get could it, find, and it was affordable. Yeah, but it wasn't the best places we've ever been. It was no. it, the showers were a little gross. the The patio and slash kitchen was a little gross. It was open, so at at dusk, like bats would fly into the thing. It was a little weird. It was weird, but it didn't matter. We needed a place. It, we did. We should, we didn't need to buy a, a, a nice place because we weren't seeing it anyway. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Five nights. She's like, well, we got to do something about it. So we did. We looked up a um, a doctor, mobile doctor, and actually she came all the way from um, kind of close to Seminyak. Yeah, I don't really very name close of the town, but Kuta maybe. I Kuta. Don't know. Yeah, that's right, Kuta. She came all the way from Kuta, and that took forever. Yeah. I remember how long it took for her to get there. There were road closures. And road so closures. What would normally the holiday. Take two hours. I the think holiday took messed her, it up. Like what? six hours or something yeah. to get to us. And we're just like, is this lady never coming? And we're miserable. So she gives us an IV of fluids almost immediately. Yeah. We she was so severely the, dehydrated. The, our numbers were, were not looking good. Yeah. Um, my blood pressure was at an all time low. Like it was pretty scary. She, she wanted me to go to the hospital right away. Yeah. Right. And then, um, but she did, she gave us the, um, the, the thing, I think the big part of the story that's important is that this woman and the nurse never once said to us, I think this could be dengue fever. No. Right? I obviously had Googled, like, why are we this sick? Like, what kind of outbreaks are there, you know, like here that we could have? Like, is there a flu going on or what? Um, And so I was like, okay, the symptoms kind of match up with dengue. This could be dengue. 
And so I asked her straight out, could this be dengue fever? And she's like, well, the only way to truly know is to get you a blood test. And we're like, okay, so how do we do that? And she's like, well, we actually can do that for you. And then we'll call you and let you know what the results were. This woman called us never once said, yep, you're positive for dengue fever. She never said that to us once. She had did, did talk about one of your levels that were really, really low. And she wanted you to get another blood test again to double check. But again, even in the conversation, did she bring up, hey, I think you guys have dengue. Hey, you know, like this is what you need to do for dengue. This is, these are the precautions for dengue. These are like some of the like home, it's a virus, so there's nothing you can do, but some of the home remedies, what you should drink, this is what you should be eating, this is what you should be doing, you should be watching for, like the bleeding gums or nosebleeds yeah. or whatever. She didn't say any of that, you know? Not and at so, first, not at first. No, this woman did not. No, that's what I'm saying, not at first. Yeah. Not, not in first. Um, and I think that really set us back because if without all of the information, how are we able yeah. to make the proper decision to move forward with what, what we did next? Yeah, I get Right? It. So she gave us the IV fluids. We started feeling better. Well, yeah. Yeah, somewhat better. Mm -hmm. And then we were running out of time. And this place was like, ugh, to us at this point. We were like so disgusted of being in this place. And I think also factor in we were sick. And so we were just like associating all of our sickness and bad feelings with this place. And so we're like, let's just get out of here. And I'm like, Scott, you know what? And we do this in Florida sometimes, like when we're like kind of starting to feel like a little, eh, we decide we go to the beach. We're like, we need sunshine. We need salt water. We yeah. need that. And I was like, you know what? That's what we need. We need to just rally. We're all starting to feel a little bit better. We're all starting to get our energy back. We had went out to lunch and you had gotten your blood That's test. Right. And I said, if your blood test comes back, That's that right. your levels went up, let's go ahead with our plans and move forward to Gilly too. That's what I'm, I rode <laughs> on the back of a moped for like an hour and a half. Yeah. Oh my God, that was yeah. miserable. To get your blood work miserable. done. Miserable. It was so bumpy too. It was the most bumpiest road I've ever been on. So, so yeah, so your blood, your levels came back. They did go up. Yeah. And so that's what we decided. We decided to go to Let's Gilly T. Ay, 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 ay. If I could go back and tell myself to do something else. But okay, if you watch my videos on social media, this will start to sound familiar because I'm going to kind of quickly go over the rest of the story um, to not make this this a super, super long episode. But pretty much what happened was we get to the port. It was miserable. It was hot. We had to carry all of our bags. We are just drained. We have no energy. We somehow get ourselves on that ferry. That was miserable. There was nowhere to sit. Our kids are exhausted. They're falling asleep on the floor pretty much. We get there. We find out there's no cars on this island. We have to take this rickety wheelbarrow connected to a horse like to our hotel on the other side of the island. We get there. And what do we want to do when we show up to this beautiful, gorgeous island, which it is stunning, is we just want to sleep. And so this whole day process to get to this little island, I feel like it took the little bit of energy that we had spent the last eight days getting and totally drained it from us. And so where we thought we were getting better, I really think we set ourselves back. And obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. And knowing what we know now, would, we, would I have made the same choice? No. But again, did we have the proper information to be able to make the best choice we could have made in that situation? Also, no. So we did it. We got there and we're like, okay, you know what? We'll just stay today and tomorrow and we'll just rest like we've, we've been and then we'll feel better. Then we go to the beach. Then we'll start recouping. Yeah. There's a little little bit you're missing out here. Yeah. I yeah. wasn't telling you everything, really, like yeah. how I felt, even though I, I got the blood test and all that kind of stuff. I still felt 
like garbage. But I was <laughs> I was willing to move forward. But I also had a, an upper respiratory infection. You do. Which I've had before and I knew I had it. But I was just trying to be optimistic and what have you. But it was hitting me so hard, especially once we got there. Um, the next morning I was like, I'm going to find a clinic on this island somewhere. Yeah. And I'm going to get some antibiotics because I need it. I, this is not working. So I did. I yeah. walked from our place, which seemed like forever, miles, even though the island's probably only a couple miles total. But I think it's a mile and a half. Whatever. I walked that whole thing. <laughs> and I felt miserable, but I found the clinic yeah. and I told the guy and he was like, yep, you got that here. Here's some antibiotics, did all that. But then I, I said, hey, I'm a little worried about my wife too. Here's here's kind of what's going on and this and the other. He's like, okay, well, maybe she can come by and see me. So we we rallied. I went back to the place. We talked. We said, let's 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 go out for breakfast. Yeah. Right. Because they had these cute restaurants like right on the sand, like just steps away from the ocean. And you'd sit on the sand. And I was like, OK, that's this is why we're us, here. This is why we're here. We're going to we're going to feel better. And at this point, the kids are also getting a little bit antsy. They like go down to the water. Yeah. They were like feeling better at this point. So mm-hmm. they want to do things, you know, and we're trying to also parent, you know, and like you said, where you know you're feeling bad, but you're trying to be optimistic yeah. and you're trying to be like, we can push through. This will get better. We'll be OK. We'll be fine. Because, again, we had no idea of the <laughs> severity of what our diagnosis yeah. was. Yeah. I'll, also remind me another thing. So we walk, we walked to a, a nice little place for breakfast. We sit yeah. down. I had already found it. I already started to order. But I remember this guy. Remember this guy that was trying to sell me the root oil? We have that root oil. I know. I bought it. Because <laughs> because he he like massaged my neck and, and I was so out of it and I was so like just in desperate need of anything. When he massaged my neck, I felt like for a second I, I was like miraculously better and I could feel this like the root oil is very hot. It's yeah. like cinnamon. Yeah. And it's like burning in my neck and I'm like, oh my God, this stuff is a miracle. <laughs> give me Give me a bottle. And <laughs> I, I remember it. when I showed up to this restaurant because you texted me, I was like, okay, we found a cool spot. Come meet us. It was you and one of the kids. I can't remember. Maybe two of the kids. I can't remember. And so we go to meet you and I'm like, you're like, you got to try this oil. You got to be putting this oil on you. And I'm like, get that oil away from me. Okay. Maybe that's that oil is what sent me over the top. I don't know. So we sit down and I'm like, I just want like a smoothie or something. I like, I'm still, you know, I'm not, I don't have a full appetite. And I like have half of my smoothie and I'm sitting there and watching the kids play. And I'm like, okay, you know, this is kind of nice to be outside. The weather is not too hot. And this is, this is what we needed. This is what we needed for sure. And then I'm like, I'm just, my stomach is not feeling too good. And I'm like, there's no way this is about half a mile from our place. There's no way I can walk back to the place. I'm just going to go into the bathroom. I'll be fine. The minute I get in the bathroom and I close that door, I start to sweat profusely. Okay. And I start to feel dizzy almost immediately. Like I didn't even go to the bathroom. I just yeah. was feeling you're texting, dizzy. You're texting. I'm texting. From the bathroom. Yeah. Kids are at the water. Thank goodness I brought my phone into the bathroom. Yeah. Kids but I'm are texting you, but you're not responding to me because you're probably in the water with the kids, which I knew. But at this point, I'm getting desperate because I'm like, what do I do? I know I'm about to pass out. I've had this kind of like episode happen before where mm. I get like really hot. And like my hands start to like tingle, like the tips of my fingers. And I start to lose sensation in my they fingertips. Get stiff. Your fingers get stiff. Yes. That's, and then yeah. in my feet, in my hands, I start to kind of like lose sensation yeah. a little bit. And I, so I know it's coming. And yeah. I know I'm going to pass out. Yeah. And I'm, so at this point I'm like, I have no choice. So I start yelling 
Yeah. But I th- I, then I saw the text. I walked up and I saw the text. And but I, I had been yelling for a few minutes at this you, point. Nobody... I've been saying like, help me, help me. And yeah. they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, my husband's at this table, like Got on it. the sand. So I don't know if someone's coming to look for you. Nobody came. Nobody came. It was probably. Or I passed him maybe yeah, as maybe. he was looking. But I came in, I made it. I opened the door and you kind of fell on me, basically. Yeah. You fell on me. You looked like a cold, wet fish. Like you were, you were not, you had no color to you. You were sopping sweat. And I dragged you out to the, to the main restaurant where it was a little bit cooler in there. And I um, set up like the fan and got you some ice that people were helping me. And then I ran to the, the doctor I had met that morning mm-hmm. that I had told him about you already. Mm-hmm. Here we go. So I ran to him and he's like, I was like, come with me. And he's like, I can't, I can't leave. And I'm like, come with me. So I grab him by the hand and he's running with me <laughs> back to find you and he sees you. And he's like, uh, we need to get her to my clinic like thing. And I'm like, well, all right, well, let's, let's Pick do it. Up. So we carried her to the clinic and they started running tests. And, and, he and was, by the way, let's let's catch it because the kids, while I had called you. I don't even know where come. the kids were at this point, to be honest with you. <laughs> the kids were on the beach. Oh, my God. Luckily, they weren't in the water, but they're on the beach and they're old enough. Yeah. Like they're okay. They're responsible. But when you had come back and I had come out of the restaurant, I saw them, they're holding our stuff, like our beach bag yeah. and, we're just and like, the bag. Come on. And then they're just like walking behind us. I don't think they have any idea. They're probably like, why is that guy holding mommy? Because yeah. I have no idea what's going Pretty on. Pretty scary. Yeah. So um, get it back to the, to the clinic. And he was kind of confused. He was like, didn't know what to do almost. And I'm yeah. like, oh, this is not helpful. This is not helping. I was so dehydrated. He could not put an IV into yeah. me. Like I could not get me fluids. Nope. Then he said I had low oxygen. So then he's like, okay, we got to escalate you to the bigger clinic. Well, no, he, he called in his counterpart, yeah. the other guy. So on this island, they, they have a, a few clinics. Um, so doctors, what have you, but they, they like rent a place out of a, either a hotel or something yeah. else. So he had his little rented place. He shared it with another, um, guy he he came in to give his two cents worth and he was like we're taking you to the big clinic yeah like the big pretty, clinic. pretty much right away and that big clinic like when i say to not drag on the story anymore like yes it's a small it's probably what you would consider an urgent care here um a one room urgent care yeah no there were rooms in the back i went in other rooms but oh. anyway so yeah but three small. room urgent care yeah three room urgent care it's small this is a tiny island yeah but this is when everything turned around for us because these people knew what they were doing finally after three Two other doctors, we found people who knew what they were doing. They got an IV in right away. They um, took all of my blood work, ran every test possible, found out that I indeed had dengue. And, and salmonella. salmonella po- like salmonella. Yeah, that's um, what they kept typhoid. telling us, typhoid. Yeah. But it said salmonella. But Because it is, it's not like salmonella poisoning. Right. It's like salmonella of different variant of yeah. salmonella. And so, yeah, we had typhoid. Or I had typhoid. And so... There you go. We finally got the diagnosis we needed. They gave um, a regimen of antibiotics for the typhoid and IV fluids. I was on IV fluids for over 24 hours. It was 48 total, I think, because you had whatever time you were there in the clinic. And then, so they want you to stay overnight. They want me to stay overnight. And I'm like, there is no way you're getting me to stay here overnight. And they're like, okay, we can take you back to your hotel where you'll be more comfortable. And that's fine. And then we'll just come check on you. We have to... um, administer the antibiotics in your IV every three hours. So yeah. we knew that they would have to come back overnight yeah. and, and like and do I it had, all through the night. And I had left you yes. with Lucille. Lucille really wanted to stay with you. I left with the little ones because they were getting a little anxious yeah. and they needed to eat and things like that. So and you I had took your medicine home. you had to take. Yeah, so I and took so you them took back. it back. So I'm there and I'm like, okay, well, I, there's no way I can't walk. And they're like, no, we have an electric bike because on this island, they don't have any cars, no mopeds, no electric no vehicles at all. The only thing they have are bicycles 
and the horse-drawn for this thing. But mm-hmm. the hospital has an electric bike, mm-hmm. um, an electric bicycle, right? Like not a motorcycle, an a bicycle, an e-bike. And so they're like, okay, so we're gonna take your daughter first, take her all the way to the other side of the island to the hotel, and then we'll come back and pick you up and, and take you, you. And you're you're communicating with me via, via text, via text, and you say, okay, she left. Yeah. And like an hour and a half later, I'm like, uh, she's still not here. Yeah. Come to they find, got lost. Come to find out she was navigating. The guy had no idea where to go. So she was navigating by- My 11-year-old. 11-year-old by memory at night, at night. Yeah, they got she lost. she had never been out at night yet. So they had to ask somebody and then they ended up finding it. They get to the hotel. He comes back to pick me up and he's like, okay, here. He takes the IV bag of fluids, hands it to, hands it to me. And then he's like, okay, you just got to jump on the back. And I'm literally- Holding onto the back of this guy with the IV fluids, thinking, I wish I had a camera on this. Right now. Oh my goodness. Like, I did not think about filming or videoing any of this experience. Did I not film you when you showed up? Because no, because- I was in, like, when you showed up, I'm like, what in the world? Yeah. I, I'm telling you, that moment, I thought, like, I wish no one's going to believe me yeah. that I'm here on the back of this bike holding onto my own IV bag, just been hospitalized for dengue and typhoid. And now I'm on this little bike going on these like dirt roads in the middle of the night on this tiny island in the middle of nowhere. It is just insane to say it out loud. It is insane. insane. But the ending of the story is beautiful because these people were so gracious and so kind. And they came through the night. I remember they were were coming in the middle of the night, one in the morning, I don't know. And I was just asleep and they were just like changing, you know, the IV. I slept slept by the door. So yeah. that I didn't have to get up every time. And I would just reach over and open the door and they'd come in and they'd do their thing and then they'd leave. And then they, it was nuts. We nuts. were, we were trusting. And I wasn't feeling good either. No, you were not I was good. still, I had similar symptoms, but yet I hadn't yeah. done any of the things. So we yeah. get the, the things, they were angels. And then during this whole process too, we haven't talked about it, but the people who owned the place that we stayed, they were so kind, bringing us food, bringing us drinks, giving us advice because they had had dengue before. So giving us guava juice and different things and just taking care of us, giving us free accommodations because we had to extend our trip there. They just exceeded. And the last day on Gilly Tea, we spent snorkeling with turtles. It was, we actually felt well enough to get into the water because we had to, even after we started to feel better, we had to stay longer because we couldn't get back on that ferry. We didn't want to do what we did before. So we wanted to make sure we were much better before we got back on the ferry to head back to Bali. That's right. They, because, and they, and did you say they extended our stay? Yeah, they gave us free nights. It was amazing. And so we ended Gilly Tea on a good trip. We went yeah. back to Bali, headed to Seminyak, stayed there for a week. Because even when we got to Bali, we were like, okay, we're still tired. We're better. We don't have the symptoms, but we're fatigued. And that fatigue honestly lasted about six weeks. Yeah, It was until we got home to the States. And even a month after we got home, I was still struggling with that fatigue. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We went, um, went to our doctors, got blood work done, all that kind of stuff. And yep. cause we still, we still were like, why do we still feel like exhausted? Anyway, you know, Bali, Bali was, was really good to us. Um, the dengue fever was not good to us, No. but the people and, and it showed through in the end, just like I told you, they're just so kind and so hospitable. And we taught, we, all we said was they were like angels, like the ones on Gilly T they, they, they helped us, yeah. helped us through some really difficult times, made made us feel welcome and, and safe. And um, they'll forever be etched in our memory yeah. um, for Bali. I know. And you would think that after that experience, we'd be like, we're never going back. But that's not how I feel at no, all, no, actually. No. Like, I don't feel this fear associated with the trip. If anything, I, 
I have this comfort associated with the trip because of how we were treated, even though so many things did go wrong. Like, I don't know if that's just how naive I am or what, but I'm, what really sticks with me and where I focus my energy is on the people that were kind and helpful to us right. and then did all of this for us. Yeah. Anyway, so we um, are there in Bali and then we, it was time for us to go to Singapore and Singapore invited us to come out. They had a whole itinerary planned for us. Wow. That Talk was a about, whirlwind five days. Yes, they had a busy. So coming off of dengue fever is probably too busy of an itinerary. But honestly, we had so much fun in Singapore. We fell in love with Singapore. Oh I'm definitely goodness. going back to Singapore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll pace ourselves a little bit. Uh, yeah, well, we'll have more energy when yeah. we won't be coming off of a major virus. But that city is so special. Like, it really is. It is something else. It is the city of the future. And I really hope that other cities around the world look to Singapore as a leader in innovation. And um, I think Walt Disney would be proud. Yeah. Like it, it reminded me of like all his visions he used to have of like Tomorrowland and what have you. Yeah. You know? And it just, and also this idea of being one with nature, like oh, yeah. and how like lush. Yeah. And just how conscious they are of the environment and how respectful and just clean and um, resourceful. And so just, impressive. There's so many things that they do right. Yeah. So many things. And there was just, we just had so much fun. Like our itinerary was so perfect. They packed so many fun things in for us. Yes, it was busy, but we had so, so much fun. It was hard to leave. Like we were, we were excited to leave. I think we were still feeling those little bit of remnants of dengue. And so we were just anxious to get home. But like Singapore, wow, you really impressed us. Like if Singapore isn't on your radar, you need to put it close to the top. That's right. It is they're, special. They're doing cruises out of there and everything now, but yeah, um, it really is. It's you know, it's it's a little little more expensive than most of the it other is, places in Southeast it's Asia. It's going to be so, probably your most expensive yeah, in the Southeast. Be prepared, Asia. but for for good reason. Yeah, for good reason. Yeah, it's you know? a very very cool stop. And then we got home, and then we <laughs> were recluse for like a good solid two weeks. Oh my goodness! To recoup, it was it was a lot. It was a big trip. It was an action packed trip. It was a beautiful trip. It was a hard trip. Like so many emotions tied around this particular trip. But I think now that it's been several months since we've been back, like regardless of all of the hard things that we endured on this trip, I still look back on this with such fond memories. And oh, I and I have no regrets. No, no regrets. And, you know, as we recapped, as we wrapped our 2023, we looked at like some of our favorite countries and things like that most of them were still on our list, you know, like just so unique and so, um, just so much culture, Yeah, you know, so rich in culture. And Um, so different than anything we'd ever experienced before. And that was a once in a lifetime. I hope not once in a lifetime opportunity because I really do hope to go back to some of my favorite places and explore even more. I feel like so we did so much on that trip, but there was so much we didn't get to see. And so I do hope we have time. Yeah, I agree. To to do another trip in the future. So there you have it. You got all of the juicy details of our Southeast Asia trip. I hope this was fun to listen to and to hear some of our stories and to get to know us a little bit better. Uh, And I hope this was informative as well. I hope you can take some of the things that we learned on this trip and apply them to your planning for your trip to Southeast Asia. Like we said before, we never want to discourage you from taking a trip like this. We hope that by sharing some of the hardships that we endure, that we're not scaring you from going to these places. We actually want the opposite. We just want you to be 
informed and prepared for when you take the trip like this with your kids. So thank you so much for unpacking this entire trip with us. We hope you have a great day and we cannot wait for our next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Unpacked with the Blinks. We hope it inspired you to step out of your comfort zone and finally book that bucket list trip. If you liked what you heard, please hit that subscribe button to get notified when a new episode hits the tarmac. And be sure to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a suggestion of something you'd love to hear on a future episode, please send us a DM on Instagram at withtheblinks or mrsblinks. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget, magical memories are within your grasp. See you next time.